Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Real People Gaming. My name is Dustin James. And my name is Jen Yuchin. Real People Gaming is an organization where we cover things all gaming, all NJ, and a little bit outside of that. We talk to esports coordinators, tournament organizers, content creators, and just fans. We recently sat down for an on-site discussion with our good friends Justin and Anthony and covered a pretty wide gamut of topics. Let's take a listen. Hello, my name is the great Justin. Yes, the great Justin, that's my name. Photos Not really, my, my name is Ju Justin Gayo. So I am the anime news manager for a site known as Operation Rainfall. If you guys like RPGs or just anything Japanese related and also anime, come check out our site. We do reviews, interviews. I have a few, but unfortunately I haven't been able to write them up. I still have a lot of content that I haven't even published yet. I just recently did a couple of reviews. Uh, I reviewed a game called Rival Mega Gun, which is a really awesome shoot 'em up. Nice, nice uh, little throwback to the 90s. In addition to that, I am also the co host of Zeno Chat, a podcast about everything related to the Zeno games like Zeno Gear, Zeno Saga, and Zeno Blade. My friend Tyler and I, we usually get somebody else from the community to come in with us and just ramble on for like an hour or two about. Anything that has to do with those games, we just had an episode come out about religion and all the religious themes seen in Zeno Gears and Zeno Saga, and we had uh, we had two other people on with us who are very well equipped to talk about that, and it got pretty deep. So if you're really interested in the religious influences in the series, definitely check out that episode. But we've also had other ones, such as an episode about Shion. Uh, we had an episode about Zeno Gears, just Zeno Gears itself. And we're gonna be doing some more. Like we want to do an episode on Melia from Xenoblade, since she's an amazing character. And we're probably gonna just spend a whole podcast crying because man, the stuff that she goes through is insane. But yeah, so check us out. We're on um, Spotify. I think we're also on SoundCloud. So we're on so many things. But we're also on Twitter, um, Xenochat. Check us out there. If you like that and you want to see my written content, you can follow me on Operation Rainfall or follow me on Twitter at JustGiu. Yeah, and I go to most events on the East Coast. Well, not most, but I go to a lot of events on the East Coast. If it's in Jersey and New York, I'll probably pop my head in for to say hi. So yeah, that's kind of who I am. Cool. Before you say what you are doing, I didn't know you did a, like a Zeno cast. Um, we just started it recently, so. Zeno. When I was in Zeno. fifth Zeno. grade, me and my friend Sarah, mm -hmm. we like took the Japanese clips from Xenosaga, the first one. Maybe it was the first three because we were super into it. Right. And we would like write our own English subtitles but make them really dirty. And we called <laughs> it XX Xenosaga. <laughs> and it was just like us making porn scenes because there's this one with like Shion in the shower right one scene and we we just went out with that one it was crazy we made it to the dirtiest <laughs> stuff i can't dig find it, it. i yeah. can't find it i've been if anyone say, finds if that if you can dig that up that's that's gold right now xx like xeno yeah. saga dirty <laughs> english subtitles over xeno saga eclipse hmm. um please tell us what you do oh yeah sorry who are you the uh that, that private chat that you and I are in, it just seems to have exploded. <laughs> yeah, we'll deal about that one later. Yeah, we'll deal about that later. Drama? No, no, no drama. Read on record. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Who are you hating? Yeah, we'll pause it when you talk about it. Obviously, it's Jen. I've chatted about how much of a bitch she is. I hate Jen. Honestly, I'm impressed with your press. Somebody create a forum on how much they hate me. <laughs> I hate Jen. Dot. 
gov and gen that's appropriate we have a governmental organization entirely dedicated to hating gen that's your tax dollars at work uh all right <clears throat> hi i'm anthony you might know me from such prestigious channels as retro roulette or more recently i've done some guest episodes on subparcade uh those are actually very small channels and um Please like, comment, and subscribe. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, Definitely do it. And, and I want you to uh, take that bell, hit it once, and then hit it again. Never follow me. <laughs> anyway, um, awkward jokes aside, uh, cringeworthy jokes aside, uh, what my show is about is uh, what we do is we take a random number generator, we roll a number, whatever number that is on an alphabetized list of retro video games on that game's particular systems library, we play it. And we have to play it for half an hour, regardless of how good or how shitty it is. And uh, let me tell you, when people say that uh, Assassin's Creed 3 is a bad game, they never fucking played half of the garbage we've played. I mean, we've played things ranging from uh, Beetlejuice on the NES <laughs> to uh, fucking... Uh, <laughs> Ah, LJN magic. Um, <laughs> we've played things like Winky the Little Bear on PlayStation 1, which to those of you who are uninitiated, that's basically the, pre the spiritual prequel to Animal Soccer World. It was made by the same company. Um, yeah, no, it's we've, we've dealt with some diarrhea levels of, of fucking do cocky doo-doo bad shit. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but anyway, we've also been blessed by the RN Jesus. Uh, for some really good games like uh, F-Zero X and um, I guess I'll do a spoiler we recently rolled on a, uh, a game called a little, just a little humble game that uh, will be upcoming called uh, oh that's right Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes on the GameCube mm -hmm. oh wow yeah we got lucky um, wait till you hear our reaction we, we recorded our reaction I was rolling that it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be awesome um we're also, uh, just, I know this is going to be airing relatively soon, we have a Discord, um, and we have a video explaining everything, but we're going to be doing a Smash Ultimate tournament that sort of follows the theme of um, randomness with the show. You're going to, uh, the, the short of it is you get assigned a character, a character in the roster via the random number generator, and it'll be a singles-only tournament that goes eventually to one grand prize winner, and there will be a, an amiibo shipped to your uh, residents uh, as a prize but um, we think it's a great time it's also a great way for you to plug your content if you happen to be a content creator um, again our channel is Retro Roulette it's all one word uh, not to be confused there's another channel called Retro Roulette Gaming that's not us um, but uh, we do have a video uh, explaining the tournament so for additional details please check us out on YouTube and hmm, I'm we'll sorry. Have, we'll add the link to it. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be uh, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, definitely check us out. Um, our our show is funny. I promise. I promise it's funny. Um, but uh, it's if you want me to just basically describe it, it's it's uh, basically a poor man's game grumps with a <laughs> with a random spin on it. We promise it's good. Um, please come. Please watch. Please please. You know, check us out. I'm not going to beg you to subscribe. I'm not going to beg you for likes. And I seriously mean it. Hit that bell and then hit it again so you're never notified of when we upload some shit. <laughs> Just randomly incur onto it. Um, I'm Jen Yuchin. 
I ran gaming tournaments for a year and a half for Microsoft, and now I'm doing my own thing with this podcast, vlogs, and New Jersey content creator, tournament organizer, and anything NJ promotion. That's what we're all about. And my partner in crime is Dustin James. The average Dustin James. And I am a uh, 35-year-old gaming enthusiast. I was your uh, prototypical bubble boy who learned his, you know, share of the games growing up in lieu of friendship and uh, just want to come and talk about it. So you're probably already listening to us if you're listening to this. So listen to them instead. This traumatized childhood anonymous now. Yeah, well, I wasn't saying. Honestly, that's, at this what point. Our, that's, that's what it turns into half the conversation. Our, 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 our podcast is now officially get uh, the grist of why we love gaming. I was well, traumatized. I was, I was normal as hell, just talking about normal people, mm-hmm. never bullied, have a soft spot for bullying nonetheless because all of my favorite people in the world have been I bullied. Love bullying. I'm just lucky <laughs> yeah. enough to have not have been bullied because I yeah. never talked about what I liked. You have no yeah. idea. I never talked about it. I always loved, and to go on a complete tangent on this, that. I was six foot two since I'm about eleven years old. Powered over God all the other bless, kids. God bless, dude. Had facial hair in fifth grade. Yeah, I was still the target of bullying. Jeez. God bless those brave children. Yeah. Honestly. I was always. I was on the. I'm, I'm not. Not gonna say I was anywhere near your size, but uh, <laughs> I was always on the bigger side of mine as well. And something tells me like. And I was always picked on by the much shorter kids. Oh, like, yeah. It's weird. It's like it's they like have they, something to prove, you know. They, they have something exactly to prove. Point, yeah. It's almost like they're it's it's almost like the big dog versus the little right. dog mm-hmm. mind complex. Whereas the little dog is come here, I'll fuck you up. I swear to God, come here. And the big dog's like, I want to go sleep. It's so true. Like all like the obnoxious dogs I've ever experienced have always been the smaller ones. The big ones are always sweet. They're like, oh hey, pet me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was I was lucky too. Like, um, I didn't really. I got teased a lot. I don't. I wouldn't say I was bullied, but I did get teased a lot. A lot of people were smart asses towards me. Oh, Justin, but like, easy to tease. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> used to tease me. But I guess like growing up, I feel like in my school at least we were all kind of jerks to each other. Mm-hmm. Then it just kind of canceled out. Yeah. yeah, my my story echoes Dustin. I was picked on left and right. It, even at church, it was mm-hmm. it was really bad. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was. I don't want. I don't want to make this about my, my fucking sob story or anything like that. But yeah, yeah it was. It was fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. Sure. real people hurting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is now um, officially uh, video game traumatized childhood anonymous. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We will get a lot. More, <laughs> we will get a lot more followers this way. But that's. Me. But that's said. Like, like, reality. Like, do you? Does anyone think that it's as bad now now that video games are more popular? Are you kidding so me? Now it's do you play Fortnite? Oh my god! So I play Fortnite. Like, 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 kids, maybe kids who like kind of like when I was in high school and element, elementary school, not really, but middle school. If you wore a Naruto headband, you were freaking weird. Right. Yeah. I still kind of stand that they were a little bit weird. It's still a little yeah. bit weird. <laughs> Just a, yeah, old, but not 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 necessarily in a bad way. It's good to be different, but. Your weeb is showing. I almost like didn't tell a lot of people that I was really into games. They knew, but like I wouldn't like be as open about it as I was. So I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'll play this Japanese game, whatever. I'll say it at a bar. I don't care because I don't know. I went through this phase in college. I was like, why the fuck do I care? Yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> and ever since then, it's like that's it just became, who I've been. It became, it's because it's normal now. I think that's, well, that's why. Exactly. It, it, that, that's part of it. Yeah. Thank God. God. It became akin to like a normal dude. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, it, it bothered the shit out of me. I was bullied 
to to school, back but, church, mm-hmm. back. It didn't fucking matter. Anywhere I went, I was bullied because I yeah. played games. And what the fu- like? What the fuck was with that stigma to begin with? Yeah, and the funny part is like. Games have arguably had a better influence on me than most other things in life. Which is mm-hmm. definitely agreed. It's funny because I used to go to people's houses and play games, but then I would get made fun of for just staying inside and playing games. Like you had no problem with me coming over and playing with right. you, but the fact that the other ninety-eight percent of my time was playing games by myself was like, Ugh, look at this hurt. Yeah, I was like, well, what the? Why don't it you became, go play basketball? Like, yeah, it became akin to like. Basketball, you freaking break your leg and then you like yeah. little tendons and you like get surgeries at like 17. There's something called Nintendo thumb. We had our injuries too. But my I had hurts. ricket thumbs for like oh yeah six years of my life. <laughs> I had I, I'm, I'm asthmatic. I had no desire to yeah. be physically active just because it would always result in trouble breathing mm-hmm. and mm. just it, it fucking sucked. Him too. Dustin was in a well, bubble. Yeah, I was a, yeah, I was a, I was a bubble boy oh, for the first three years of my life. So oh, I became the God. kid in the neighborhood. That, and I always tell her this, like, somebody would knock on like, this is pre-internet in the early 80s. Somebody would knock on the door and be like, you know how to get out of Solomon's key? I'm like, come on. Sit inside, like, thanks. I actually, this is something we're friends, you know. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I understand. Wow, I know what, what, a arrangement. Fuck, what a fucking dickhead. What <laughs> I know, the fuck? I, I know what this actual fuck? Um, anyway, <laughs> so, like, um, I, uh... What did I do? I um Solomon's key. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> um, I, I they they put that up on uh the the, mm-hmm. the Nintendo yeah it's the classic stuff. classic yep. stuff thingy yeah their poor man's virtual console I'll call it yeah and um that um that game's a lot of fucking fun it's a lot of I fun I never you sit down and never try to played it, it or heard of it before I was like what the fuck is this click oh. Where has this been in my life? Yeah, <laughs> music's great too. Mm-hmm. I think that's Tim Fowler. Yeah, it's it was just, it was a lot of fun, a lot better than that. Was fun. that Hudson? I don't know. That was Tecmo, I think. Yeah, I think it was Tecmo. Only as long as it wasn't. Yeah, because they there's a sequel called Fire and Ice that's yeah. like super expensive, and that's also Tecmo. Don't ask I me have, about I, I think when I'm bored and I've literally got nothing to do, which is like. Wait yeah, it's mm-hmm. It's a quick pick it up and keep going. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Them adding save states has actually tremendously helped these old NES games, giving them save files where they did have them previously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's not so dull. Dull. We can make time. it past the first three levels now, Charlie. <laughs> what are we playing where every time you died it reset 100%? Mm. There's a good chunk of games that used to be merciless like that. What games do that? I mean, there it's was. Very if you play, if you play Diablo two on hardcore mode, yeah. it does that. Really? It deletes your character if you die. What? All your like. Um, everything gone. Like power ups, everything. Like all your experience. Everything, Yikes. as in you have to start over from level one. You have to make a new character. Um, but that's only that's if you crazy. choose. That's only if you choose to play hardcore mode. Mm-hmm. Minecraft also has a Minecraft has a uh, has that's a similar. Similar fucking a mode called hardcore, also called hard, hardcore. Mode. I remember that, and that's even more brutal because if you die in that one, you have to not only delete your character, like you have world. to delete the world. Yeah, so I everything you that. built in that world is Done. gone. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know about that. I remember mode. that mode. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with like the mods in Minecraft right now? All the modern mods the new, that are. Oh, uh, not the new ones. Are you I, talking about texture packs, or are you talking about like actual mods? I'm talking. Maybe it's texture packs, but I, I'm thinking actual mods because I know this five-year-old 
who is a genius with Minecraft and taught him how to like spell and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like now he knows how to spell because of Minecraft. Wow. And he just like goes on his iPad or whatever and like actually like plugs in mods to Minecraft to create this like crazy stuff. So it's even more than just texture packs, it's actual like functional gameplay. Oh yes, no, that, that's been around for years. There no, is- no, there's like just new ones that you can just like easily plug in. Yeah, no, it's- Maybe it's been around Wasn't for years. Wasn't there, there was one that was like, Somebody built a Game Boy emulator in Minecraft or something like that. Really? There's, there's crazy shit like that. There's that. There was a, for a while, somebody was doing music. So they had like this giant thing where they would try to like make songs in Minecraft. Yeah, music hmm. box. The That's... music box. No, but like the crazy ones where it was like they had like a whole field of just like objects that would produce the sounds for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so that's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they've added to it, but like, that, that sort of thing, that, that sort of I thing, Minecraft that, that like premise, years. that concept. Somebody in vanilla, from what I understand, made a full functioning computer with <laughs> out of red, out of fucking redstone. It's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, do that. Redstone is the source of all power in Minecraft. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, do you know what? Do you know what my floating too now? What they have like um clear like blocks that you put. So you don't have to like build up and then delete, like break down. You oh wow! These clear box, these clear cubes, okay. and and if you like hit a button, they go away. If you hit another button, you can see them. Huh? So you Damn, they want to make things easier. Really that would make things. Easier. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Because I used to make some stuff in there, like pixel art. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you have to like, build all the way up. And right. Then it's crazy. Now you can just put a bottom, like do you, a clear block. Do you want me to tell you what my favorite thing to do in Minecraft is? Yeah. I like to make brown bricks with Minecraft. What? what is I, brown brown bricks in Minecraft. Justin. Yeah. We got it. We, we got. We got. We, I can't talk about Minecraft without without bringing He's up brown bricks. Of, He's making fun of this. <laughs> we'll watch it later after the podcast. Yeah. You put it on now and then I'll like plug it in. All right. I'll yeah. It out. Oh, it's 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 fucking glorious. Get ready to cringe. Just get ready to fucking cringe. Do you, do you okay. know what this is? All right, well, Inspector Gadget's gonna do the review. You can shut up now. I'm always the Sick burn, bruh. 
Is that Mike Matai? It's Mike Matai. It's Mike Matai. Yeah. It's Mike Matai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Mike. It's, it's so perfect though. It's like that it's like that little it's like the room of YouTube videos. It's unintentional genius. This is the Yume of YouTube videos, yes. Oh. It's right there. Six drinks caught up with me. Let's just pause until he gets back. Yeah, and then we can. Nobody talk about games. Let's talk about something completely irrelevant. Puppies, puppies, and cats. All right. So can we just agree that corgi puppies look like little little tiny nuggets? They they're literally just nuggets. They're like this big. What about their heads? I was gonna say maybe their tails. Their bodies look like little nuggets, yeah. like little hot dogs. They're like, like hot dogs. Ironically. Look up corgi puppies right now. You're gonna see what I'm talking about. They're basically just tiny nuggets. I like how you had a dog, a dog point of conversation immediately prepared. Corgis. What are they, nuggets or dogs? <laughs> corgi butt. Corgi butts. Corgi butts are basically, corgis like full grown are basically mo mobile loaves of bread. Not to talk about video games, but I play this anime fashion game on my phone called Love Nikki and I'm obsessed with it and I spent over $100 on it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, oh, yes. Dude, you don't even know how I did it. And it's just for like freaking clothes I buy. And like fake clothes. That oh, I see ads on Facebook all the time. Is the story as much of a mess as the ads make it look? I don't even pay attention to the story. <laughs> but honestly, it? it's like they're really on point with their stories. Like, I don't read them because I just like could care less. Is it a visual novel? No, it's just like there's so much. It's such a complex game, and I don't want to get on a rant about Love Nikki, but it's like my favorite thing in the world. Because I'm a casual piece of shit. Did you ever play um, My Horse Prince? <laughs> No, I never heard of my horse oh prince. my god, you gotta play my horse prince. Well, you look that up. Love Nikki has like, you can do like a weekly dress up challenge for a theme. They have like stages with story where you have to like dress up per theme. They have like little events where you can unlock different outfits and like different pieces of outfits by like doing detective work. Or like doing little stages. I'm talking about Love Nikki. I, I figured. Dude. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've heard this shit. I heard Alpha Tiger. And Tiger City, Love Nikki sponsored their masquerade. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really I cool. Them love. I like started crying. <laughs> but yeah, this is my horse prince is an otome, but you get a horse prince that's and you get to raise him. Ridiculous. And it's the only mobile game I really play is Fire Emblem Heroes because Fire Emblem is crack cocaine <laughs> in game form. I don't get what it is about Fire Emblem that makes it so addicting, but I've been hooked since my first Fire Emblem yeah. game on a GameCube. It was Path of Radiance. And I started off, and it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I started with, with what is easily, arguably, the, the best game in the series. And I'm a sucker for a Man in the Mask villain mm -hmm. archetype, and that game has that. And mm -hmm. I'm just, and then the main character was completely relatable. The story was really good. It dealt with like some really like real themes like racism and shit like that. That's cool. A lot of yeah. games did have heavier themes to them. They were very deep. This is GameCube. Yeah, Fire Emblem was really crazy with that, like Path of Radiance. Because I played mm -hmm. it a few years back and I was like, 
this is surprisingly Real. well written. Yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say that that other games just aren't as good as it because everyone's got their favorite. And here's the thing: if you like Fire Emblem, if one of your favorite games is a Fire Emblem game, I don't care what game it is, you're all right by me, kid. Mm. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that the thing about Path of Radiance is that is just that that is the pinnacle experience. It's it does everything right, and no game in the series since to me has done as many things right as Path of Radiance did, hmm. and um, it's just. It's a wonderful experience, and what I really need Nintendo to do is make that game more accessible. Because yeah, for sure. Secondhand, buying it pre-owned on the internet, mm-hmm. pre-owned, the game's two hundred and twenty-six dollars. Mm. Do you own it? I do own it. Good. I, I own it. My little brother owns a owns a copy. So God forbid anything happens to mine, I can just go and borrow it. Borrow <laughs> I had to like. I, cause cause Mark, come actually, this. you lost yours. Remember? No, Yo, I remember. I had to. <laughs> I bought my copy on um, St. Patrick's Day. And book off in New York because they had it there. I think it was like ninety bucks, and it's like I want this game. I don't want to pay ninety bucks. So I came home, I found a bunch of games to trade. I think I traded in like Persona Four Ultimax, I think Metroid. So you have it. Where well, you're telling me you I have, have it. it? I do have it, and I have to trade in like three games to get it down to thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. I have to fight through a crowd and go to the same kind of things. Because I was dumb. And wanted to play. Do you and didn't wish they had those games back? Actually, no, I don't. You don't? They were like those games. Like, yeah, those mm-hmm. games were like I didn't really play them a whole lot. Yeah. I think that's fair. If you're not playing a game while you don't really have any attachment to it, like get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, I get. I Just do like that. Physical games. I'm sorry. Like, unpopular opinion. Digital's where it's at. I had to put in a disc the other day to my Xbox because I only have Overwoach on disc. Oh, let me play your song in the world's smallest violin. We were watching a freaking DVD. And you I'm literally like, went, <sighs> took me like 15 you want seconds me get that for you? to get up, walk over, and then plop back on my bed like a piece of shit and like, play Overwatch and destroy. But I had to put in a disc the other day and I just hated it. Who do you main in Overwatch? I'll see if I know the character. Moira. Yep, no idea who that is. <laughs> she looks like um. Is the cowboy? Tilda Swinton. I think Everybody I know who Moira says that. Moira is freaking hot. I love her. Oh. Okay. <laughs> She's badass bitch. She does damage and healing. She phases out like in and out, so she can like warp around. Isn't, isn't Matt Mercer's character uh, a uh, cowboy? McCree. McCree. McCree yeah. I just love how he likes to jump in and he plays Overwatch. Um, and you just, he'll be on, be on voice chat with Mike and he'll just shout out McCree's ultimate line. It's hot noon. And people will be like, what the fuck is this McCree? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> He's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, um, I do, <laughs> I play, I, I, I kind of got the, I, I don't play Overwatch, um, I would if there was like, Actually, a story mode, like like a, a story really? story. Yeah, I would because the thing is, is, I kind of got my feel for this this kind of game with uh, Team Fortress Two when after mm-hmm. Valve made it free. I went in there and I was like, oh boy, I finally get to play this. I'm gonna. I kept dying every like two seconds. Yeah. I'd walk out and I'd just get destroyed. I That's I'm not good at. Game. I'm just yeah. It's I'm not good at at first person games yeah. the only first person shooter i can hold my own in is is the original halo on pc yeah um and that's yeah. just because i mm-hmm. dumped hours and hours and 
hours into it. I played CE. I played the custom edition. I played on the custom maps that people used to make. Halo CE was something free that I think Microsoft actually mm -hmm. did. Um, if you had the if you had the original game, you could download CE from Microsoft's website or whatever, and it was Halo Custom Edition, which enabled you to make user-generated multiplayer maps and play on them. Um, making the maps was you know a different tool altogether. I and you needed to know how to program and all that other shit and model and whatever. I didn't know how to do it. Um, but that said, so people made some really fucking crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Like you know the Scarab in Halo Two. It's a Covenant weapon. It's a giant walker. Let's say I know what that is. Okay, so let's say you know what that is. Um, so, to all my fans at home uh, who know what a scarab is, CE actually allowed you to like make your own scarab and make it playable. Like you could drive the damn thing, and it was nuts. Um, it depended on you know what sort of features the creator of the, of that particular map put in, but yeah, you'd see things like that. Um, you you had everything from. I, you could you could even pilot Tachikomas from Ghost in the Shell. Like people mm, that that's modeled that's cool. that was yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Um, it you know it all depends on what sort of things uh, they put in. Like uh, you had things ranging from like fighter jets to uh, there was one really popular map called Cold Snap that had this custom vehicle that was completely original called the uh, the Mythos or the Mythos. Okay. And uh, that thing was basically like a walking nuke launcher. It was fucking hmm. great. Um, and you know you get all sorts of custom weapons. CE let you do all sorts of crazy things. Like you, if you and you could mod the shit out of Halo on PC. If I wanted, and that's something I was able to do. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to take a pistol and have it shoot scorpion tank bullets, I could do that. It's kind of like the big difference between PC and console, and I think that's why like PC will always win. You just have way more freedom with it. You can almost mod anything on that. You also have to have the technical know-how yeah. to do so, and for me... I mean, like, you, meaning, like, people. People in general, I know, I, I get that. But I think um, that consoles are always going to be sort of a definitive gaming experience, only just because price you do point. have... Well, yeah, there is the price point. The initial price point. The initial price point, there's the... And then there's the, um, the exclusives, so you do get those, and then you, that you can't get on PC. And yeah, you could argue that you could hack the game and like you people could play Breath of the Wild on PC with the right. emulators. And, yeah, but not really. It's it's not it's not going to be quite the same. And the thing about consoles is that you get those controllers, you get the reliability. I mean, I have a gaming PC, but after a certain while, it just the PC starts to slow down, and then you mm -hmm. have to go and you have to right. pay money to upgrade it. Yeah, and, it's like a constant. And, and it's, yeah, thing. it's a constant recovery thing. And for the for the differences in graphics, frame rates and all that stuff doesn't mean a lot to me. As long as the game runs fine on its home console, it's good enough for me. And I like I, I get PC gaming and I get the whole PC master race thing mentality, but honestly I feel like PC is 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 good, but when games are made for a specific console and I'm I'm all about exclusives. That's the thing. Like I really I'm I'm a huge Nintendo fan. And you're never going to see Mario Odyssey on PC. Yeah. Ever, because, yeah. and you're never going to see uh, something like Skyward Sword, which is rumored to be getting a, an HD remake. You're never going to see that on PC either because there's technology that's specifically made to work with Nintendo consoles and their software. And that's like a definitive experience to me. That's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm always going to 
really be a hardcore gamer. I've tried PC gaming. I built a monster gaming PC, and yeah, what, what, what games I play with it. I mean, I remember having a lot of fun with Saints Row, the third. Um, I, most of it's like online though with PC specifically as well. Like you have like Skyrim free online is a massive like benefit. I will say that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're playing through Steam and you have free online, that's that's yeah. awesome. Um, I, I, nobody looks forward to paying those those subscription fees on consoles, and I'll, I'll give PC that. I don't even think about it at this point. Like it, I've worked into my lifestyle with these subscriptions. When mm-hmm. people think about subscriptions, it just like drives me bonkers. It's just the way it is. Like get over it. <laughs> Like, yeah, the people who were complaining about the Nintendo subscription service, like, I was yeah. reading article after article, I'm like, it's 20 yeah, fucking it's $20. dollars! It's, it's one of the more Get reasonable ones. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here You know, that, that like, shit. that goes into a bigger conversation about video game pricing. Um, a lot of people, yeah. they complain about games today, they're like, oh, this is only 10 hours, it's 60 bucks, I'm not gonna buy it, this is stupid. Oh, but Jesus Christ, I hate that But argument. the thing is, like, people, people forget just how expensive games used to be. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember how expensive it used to be. I remember GameCube being forty dollars. Sure digits for Chrono Trigger. Right? For, and I can prove out. that because in my room, or something like that. In my room, hold that thought. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get this because mm-hmm. I still have it. I found an old um, Nobody Beats the Wiz ad from like 1995, yeah. and Chrono Trigger is in it, and it's like ninety bucks. I can yeah. go find it in my room, and, and I'll bring it down. Um, yeah, people forget mm-hmm. just how expensive games used to be back then. Cartridge games, RPGs were always top dollar. Yeah, and. And it wasn't until around the PlayStation where things started to get a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the thing with PC and like digital gaming is that it's convenient. Yeah. And for oh, years, for years, console gaming wasn't convenient. We're at a point where it is starting to become more convenient because the price point is much better. Mm-hmm. The availability is much better. We now know release dates. Release dates wasn't a thing for a very yeah. long time. Really? They and just were like, hey, this is coming out. When you saw the commercial or you saw the Nintendo Power article, that was it. That was it. But a lot of stories. you'd walk at the store and, holy fuck! Yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2 is out! So, so here's the thing, like, for in the '90s, a lot of games don't have release dates in, mm-hmm. in the states, and it's because a lot of stores, the release date was when they got the shipment. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's why like Sonic Two is actually a notable game because Sonic Tuesday it was one of the one of the earliest examples of a game having a dedicated release date. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, and that that's kind of like what makes gaming today a lot more accessible than it's yeah. ever been. And I think a lot of people forget that they forget that we got it better. Games are cheaper than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, fifty bucks for a game, fine. Don't want to buy a launch? That's fine. But yeah, that really puts that spoiled perspective of like complaining about when a release date gets pushed back. Back mm-hmm. in the day, you didn't even fucking know. You know, it was coming out. Yeah, it was whatever so, the store got it. Wouldn't you rather have a better game anyway? Exactly. Mm-hmm. People just like complaining. If you Complain go on YouTube. Why yeah. this game sucks? Why this game's dying? Yeah. Why this is trash? Why that's trash? Why this should have been this? Like everything is just hating on everything because it's what gets views. That's yeah. it, and that's exactly it. Um, if you want, if you want views on the internet, shit on something popular. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, in and I'm not trying to shamelessly plug myself, but in my show, um, what is I your kind show? My show is called Retro Roulette. Thanks for asking. Your check is in the mail. Um, uh, my show is called Retro Roulette. And um, right now, as we're recording this, we're going through uh, a run of a very, I would, I would say at this point, it's controversial whether it's good or not. And I know what side of the fence I sit on. But it's at the forefront of my mind at all times. It's, the game is uh, 
Donkey Kong 64. Mm. I love that game. <clears throat> I love the DK rap. Okay, what else do you love about the game? I like shooting coconut guns. I like, and it was like puzzles too. Do you like too. switching characters every five seconds to go collect random bananas that are inconveniently placed right next to other colored coins? That I didn't also care at the back? age that I was. I like, <laughs> I, when I, that came out, I was probably like 10. Um, okay. And I was playing Donkey Kong, it was 64, mm-hmm. and it just looked good. There's all these fun new characters. There's a all girl right. monkey, like. Let's go back to 1995. Oh, beautiful. Really 1995. Don't open it yet. Yep. So, Nobody beats the reason I like Donkey Kong 64 <laughs> yeah, is it was just fun. You get to run around. It was open world, which Donkey Kong never was before. You got to, like, find, like, puzzles by, like, shooting random buttons to open up gates. Like, that was cool for Donkey Kong. See, mm-hmm. I had done... At see, a young age, I thought that was very cool. Yeah. So, I grew up with Banjo-Kazooie and Mario 64 and then Banjo-Tooie. I missed Donkey Kong 64 growing up, you know, in that era. Um, I don't know how I missed it, but the thing is, is, like, after having played Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie and comparing them to DK64, DK64 is... No way to sugarcoat it. It's a pain in the ass. Yes. It's, if it's, I played it now, I it, might agree. I don't remember how difficult it was. It's not... No, don't, don't get me wrong. The game's not hard by any stretch of the imagination. It's cumbersome. It's just... <laughs> it's it's very... Like fetch questy? No, not fetch questy. It's it's just a pain in the ass with the constant switching. There's no other way to really explain it. It's yeah. just a pain. It's... it's I, I In a recent episode of ours, we just called... I just came out and said... This game is inconvenient. Sixty-four, <laughs> inconvenient. Sixty-four. It's just they will take. They'll take coins for one character, put them right next to a balloon with another character, and then put random colored bananas with a different character. Still, so you have to. It, it, it's That's like in this romantic. Cool. So you, you have need to all go. characters in this one spot to get everything. But it's just picking them up. Yeah. And you have to go back. You have to go back to this barrel, switch, go back, dun, back, back, back. And there's no challenge to that. There's no challenge to it other than walking from a barrel, walking back to point A, walking like back kids. to the barrel. Go. So it gives them like I, it gives them gameplay without so being difficult. I feel like it's busy work under the guise of substance. So it he, is busy work. Yes. yes. So, yes. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. Yeah. It's a chore. It's a yeah. chore. It, it, it is a chore. But and I'm gonna sound like I'm defending this game for a second. I have a feeling that I know, right? I have a feeling that the reason the reason the game was designed that way it was something that I felt like a lot of other platforms at the time were also suffered from guilty because of, yeah, guilt collecting yeah because they wanted to show 3D off. Right. In fact, a lot of older games, if you think about it, flight was often used as yeah. something to work towards. You always worked towards actually being able to fly. Mm-hmm. That was the case in a lot of Super Nintendo RPGs. Because what happens when you fly? You saw the mode seven. Yep. Pilot Wings is a flight sim. Mm-hmm. Mode seven. It flight is one of the easiest ways to portray the third dimension in a gaming yeah. environment. Shout out to Superman sixty four. Shout out to Superman sixty four. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think for a lot of games of that era, they emphasized you moving around a lot, mm-hmm. even to a detriment. Just because they wanted to show off the 3D. Yeah. You're right. right. But the only I'm not thing, defending it. No, I'm not saying it's I, great, I, I but I just think that's probably why. But the things that you see, I, I'm pretty sure Banjo Kazooie came out before DK64. Right. And Banjo Kazooie showed off 3D. It showed off 3D. In every way Absolutely. it should have showed off 3D. It was there perfect. Are, it was, you had your collectathon, but it wasn't a pain in the mm-hmm. ass. 
Club. If you would, if you if you could give, we we're doing we're working on a video on it right now of how to fix DK sixty four, and if you could pause the game and switch characters, similar to how you could do it in Country, where you just press a button. Mm-hmm. So if you could just pause the game and that brings up the barrel and you could switch right then and there, that would be ideal. The only problem with that with that is that you had some challenges or quests or special areas that can only be accessed or completed by certain Kongs. But all you would need to do is just make it so that if you pause the game, just say this character cannot be swapped at this time. And problem solved. The whole game would be in a completely different light. Mm-hmm. Um, another problem I actually have with DK64, and this is this is a more minor complaint uh, compared to the constant switching, is you have this huge issue of um, hallways. I find I, I'm finding that there are a lot of hallways in DK64, and it's very easy to get lost without any kind of map. When Banjo Kazooie, everything is out in the right. open. There are specific zones for mm-hmm. each world. It felt right. Whereas with DK. Even with the first world, Jungle Hijinks, everything looks the same. Everything looks the yeah. same. Everything looks the same. And it, it, like when I'm running down a hallway, I don't know where I'm going, Fair and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not really learning these levels because there's really no way to differentiate between them. It, it all just blends in. And you know what? Like I never fully play through DK64. Yeah. I have it. I played it for a while, and I got really bored. And honestly, that's probably part of it because there's not a whole lot of it that's really like that really stands out to me. Compare that to a game that came out later, but like let's say Jet Set Radio Future, which mm-hmm. is essentially a collectathon platformer. Right. But everything about that game is distinct. You don't get bored when you play it because everything is different. You're always doing something weird to get to where you want to get to, to get to the different graffiti tags. Versus DK64, everything kind of just blends together. Yeah. You're just kind of walking. You, you feel like you kind of lose your sense of purpose when you're playing it. I do. I have mm-hmm. no sense of purpose other than to collect. Right. And then what am I collecting for? To feed bananas to a fucking overweight, morbidly obese pig mm-hmm. so I can go fight a boss with a power-up I don't even have? Fuck you, Fear Factory. <laughs> Holy mm-hmm. shit. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I... I, I <laughs> If you, if you, if, hey, if you want to see how my reactions in real time to Donkey Kong 64, go check out right. our episodes on Retro Roulette. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I said before, um, I, I don't think it did it well, but I can see what they were going, what for. they were going yeah. for. Yeah. I can absolutely understand, especially in the context of the era. And like five playable characters, that's great. That sounds great. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, holy shit, five Kongs, mm-hmm. three of which have never been seen before in a game. And have a lot of personality. And they did, yeah. And th- that was and that was fine. That was the, I, that, that's part of the game I actually enjoy is the different cons. This is why um, I, really... I don't like having to switch between them to go pick up bananas. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. This is why I, I hope that you guys roll. There's an N64 game I hope you roll on. It's called Goemon's Great Adventure. I really hope I roll on and that too. Because like it, I feel like Goemon's Great Adventure is kind of Donkey Kong 64 done right. Okay. Because... And I guess you could say the prequel as well, too, because you get different characters, you get the different ninjas, and they all have special abilities. That's Mystical Ninja, right? The prequel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mystical Ninja, Sauron Goemon, is the prequel, and then Goemon's Great Adventure came out after. Um, We're going to get Phil from, uh, from Progen Chain. Yeah, if you can, if you can make we, it down we, here, then that would be amazing. Yeah, we roll on that. Like, I've, I've specifically said... We'll get Phil from uh, yeah, Progen uh, sure. Reviews. Hmm. That's a great that. channel, by the way. Yeah, great channel. If you like um, anime, check out Progen Reviews. Yeah, because he knows his stuff. He does. And, and like, his reviews are very well done. <laughs> and the thing is, like, what was cool about Goemon is 
you had uh, I feel like Goemon's Great Adventure was kind of like the culmination of all the different things they tried from that era. Mm-hmm. So you had the DK64. You even had some Majora's Mask in there where all the NPCs had a schedule and story yeah. to them. And the game would go in real time. You had day and night cycles. And there was even 2D side-scrolling parts where it felt like an old Castlevania game, which is nuts. It's like, it, I feel like that was one of the best examples of a way to just sum up all the things they tried to do in the N64 era in just one game. And that's why I think you would really enjoy it. That was actually one of the things that surprised me most. I popped in Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards, and I distinctly remember as a kid thinking, why can't I use the control stick? Mm-hmm. Why is it? It's 2D. It's 2D. It's 2D. And lo and behold, Kirby 64 remains to be one of my favorite Kirby games. Actually, it is my favorite Kirby game in the entire series. Mm-hmm. But uh, you um, <clears throat> you uh, mentioned Majora's Mask. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Can, yeah. We, can we talk about uh, Can we talk about the single greatest game ever made? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Majora's Mask is really great. Uh, it so, did a lot of different things. So it took everything that Ocarina of Time did right, and it did it. it took that. Did it again um, with the dungeons, the boss fights, the. The just moving around the world, the combat, the Z-targeting. Sorry, Aaron, I like the Z-targeting system. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't like it? Uh, Aaron from Game Grumps, he absolutely hates it. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's, uh, oh, just go watch his uh, sequelitis video on it. Um, oh, no. That'll explain everything. But what then they added um, these masks, these transformation masks that... It's like They're another. Just cool. It's just cool, and mm-hmm. it changed up the gameplay so drastically for each one. The Deku flower gave, gave you the ability to hover if you shot out a flower. Um, the Goron mask gave you unmatched and unprecedented speed and getting from place to place. The Zora mask gave you the ability to swim through the coast, through the soar through the oceans, and it was awesome. And then there's the Fierce Deities mask that you get at the end of the game that just basically makes you god if you're fighting a boss fight, including the final boss. Everything's a joke at that point. And such, like, levels of unprecedented... Like, that's your reward for, like, getting everything. Yeah. And it felt like a reward. That was, like... you're, like, okay. And then you have these other masks that did little d- different little things. There are these little nuances that, um... Like, for example, you take the, uh... The Brenman mask, that's the one that lets you sort of march around. Okay. If you take that and you go into the uh, the Icana the King's throne room and you start playing that, the king's soldiers will start dancing <laughs> to it in tune with it and they'll like form yeah. a line with you. It's hilarious. Hmm. There's so much hidden, so, like so many hidden, like beautiful little Easter eggs in the game. So much to do, so much to see. It's, it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time, and the NPC cycles, the NPCs, we got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel real. They feel like, like, per- like people. It's right. not just like one line of script, and then it's like, okay, well. If you compare next. Ocarina of Time's script and the dialogue compared to Majora's Mask, it's night and day. Yeah. It's night and day. Pun um, intended. Right. They, <laughs> they feel. Um, they feel flat. They feel like they were like the dialogue was written by a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was a translation thing or if that was just, you know, uninspired writing. But it, it, it was Zelda. And Ocarina of Time, to be fair, was Zelda's first leap into 3D. But what blows my mind is that Majora's Mask had a development cycle of one year. And you see what can happen if you just reuse assets and how much you can add to it. Like, for example, when the moon is about to crash, you've got less than six hours. You're in the final hours phase and the whole 
song that makes you start fucking freaking out because the world is ending is, is playing. If you go into the dojo and you chop down the, the, the sign in the back, you can see the dojo master cowering in a corner going, I'm scared. I don't want to fight the moon. I don't want to die. That feels real. Yeah. Like cool. he's cowering for his mm-hmm. life. It's it's very immersive. It's very immersive. And uh, we have to also mention the, the Anju and Cafe side quest where you you get their plight, right. you get their story, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, you want to help them. Like, like for me at the time as a kid, I wanted to help them not because I wanted the couple's mask. The couple's mask doesn't do a damn thing other than get you a piece of heart. Um, but that side quest, I cared. I found myself actually caring about these characters and in this world. I mean, the whole premise of the game is all these people are filled with life and they did a great job of making them feel lifelike because at the same time, in three days, that comes down, everyone fucking dies. And you're like, I don't want these people to die, they're good people. And it's crazy with that side quest because like, because the we'll spoil it. Screw it. Yeah. So that side quest, you know. Yeah. So obviously, okay. you're trying to reunite these two these two lovers, and when you do reunite them, you eventually do. But you reunite them on the last day, literally seconds before they die. Seconds before they die, and there's and there's nothing. You there's can nothing do. you can do but save yourself. Save yourself at that point, unless unless you go and you stop the moon from crashing at that right. particular point. But good luck doing that. You gotta be real fast, I mean, though. Well, you can. Oh, you can do it. Oh yeah, no, there's absolutely there's there's um, if you have time slowed down, you have a good four minutes to get over there. Oh jeez. So it's <laughs> so you gotta rush. It's like Metroid. Oh no, you absolutely you absolutely <laughs> have to go. It's 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 either you go back in time or you go stop the moon. Right. One or the other. There's time to do absolutely nothing else. And yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because they choose. To be together at the end, and that's what matters most. And this was so heart wrenching about the whole thing. It's so bittersweet. Is they're at right. the end of the world, and they're together, and it doesn't matter that they're about to die. The fact is that they're together right. at the end, and that's just <laughs> so beautiful. There's something so poetic about that. Oh, I'm gushing. I know I'm gushing. But so, that game was so well done. So. So it's interesting that we're talking about like all these different. Things. Actually, I was looking up um, Animal Crossing because I was curious to know if Animal Forest predated Majora's or not. But it actually, came Animal out a year later. What's Animal Forest? Animal Forest was the N sixty four version of Animal Crossing. Was, was that Japanese only? That was Japanese only. I've never See, heard I heard about that. I heard that there was going to be so, an Animal an Animal Crossing on N sixty four, but I thought it had gotten scrapped. No, it Netflix. came out in Japan. Crazy. Okay. Came out of Japan, and when they were and when they were porting it to the states, eh, fucking Japanese, they didn't get that. Yeah, hoarding all the good shit. (laughs) They hoard all the good shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I was curious to know if Animal Crossing actually predated Majora's, but no, it Majora's beats it by about a year. Um, But like, it's it's interesting that Majora's is, I think, might be one of the first 3D games to try to do that because otherwise, the closest game I could think of to really have. A real life world that adapts that that way is probably Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yeah, but with the day and night cycles. Harvest Moon came first. I'm talking like before. Oh, before we got Harvest Moon, I believe the first one was on Super Nintendo, and that was '96. Do you think they took some influence from Harvest Moon on that? Or? I, I I wonder. It's it's possible. Yeah, um, I mean, I I know if we if we've had in game clocks. As early so, as the Game Boy, it, it's possible. No, it's, it, no it's possible because we, we've had, um, I can think of Harvest Moon as one of them, that, that did the in-game clock. Uh-huh. Another one is on the Saturn with Knights, right. Christmas Knights, that had in-game clock as well. And an even, another one where, actually speaking of Knights, Knights is the first instance of the A-Life. 
What's the, the AI life? That's the Chow system in Sonic Adventure. Uh, Knights is actually the first implementation of that. So much. Oh God, me too. The, the hours I fucking um, wasted. What I'm saying the is, the reason I played through the game was to get stuff for my Chows. But, but yeah, I, I respect that. There's two, there's two games that, that do this um, on the Super Nintendo that I can think of. If people, other people think of other games that have a real-time clock. Harvest Moon's one of them. Another one is an obscure Japanese RPG called Tengai Makyo Zero. And what that game does can is... Can you translate the title for us? What does that mean in English? It's um, Far East of Eden Zero is the, what was supposed to be the localized title of it. Because Tengai Makyo is a old series of Japanese RPGs, very popular in Japan, and we almost got a couple of them. The only one that was localized was the fighting game for Neo Geo. And uh, Tango Micro Zero was on Super Nintendo, and that has an in-game clock too. Mm -hmm. So you can put the date, and depending on the actual day that you're playing it, certain things will happen in-game. Yeah. So it'll recognize like certain holidays and stuff like that in-game. Mm -hmm. And I believe that came out in 94 even. Holy shit. But uh, yeah, that's like the only ones I can think of that really tried to do the real-time aspect. It did the whole, the game is playing without you playing anything that Animal mm -hmm. Crossing was famous for. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, Far East of Eden Zero, December 22nd, 1995. So it's 1995 that I did that. I think we should wrap this up because we got to get- plans. Yeah, yeah, we got to get yeah. to retro yeah. roulette. No, that's cool. Before we stop it, mm -hmm. I want to ask everybody this, and I just made this up in my head right now. Sure. Just like what we're doing. I want to ask you guys what your favorite video game is. You don't need like a long thing, but that's how I'm going to end every episode with what your favorite video game is. Okay. Are you guys okay. cool with that? Yeah, sure. that, that's that's perfectly fine. All right. Um, for me, I I feel like first of all I want to apologize. I feel like I was exceptionally talkative, and uh, if I if I spoke too much or I would talk over anybody, just want to. Somebody will tell you to shut up. There are going to be comments going, Anthony, for the love of God, shut the fuck up! My wife will probably be the first one in the comments typing that in all caps. She's doing it now. The video's not even up yet and she's already typing that shit. Anyway. She's a copied But that said... Um... My favorite game uh, of all time is Majora's Mask, with Undertale as a very close second. Oh wow, okay. that's pretty modern too, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So, um, I guess if I was to pick one single game, it would, it would have to be, yeah, so I, I know, everybody knows, I was expecting it. So, I'm a humongous Mega Man fan, and I guess like, it's hard to pick one game from the Mega Man series, that's my favorite video game. I would say it's Mega Man 6 because that was the first okay. one I ever had as a kid and the music from that has been a major inspiration throughout my whole life. It's, Mega Man's always been there for me. It's kind of grown up with me. A lot of my interests and personality have come from me playing Mega Man. Um, so it would be, I guess I would say Mega Man as a series would be my favorite game of all time. Um, otherwise it would probably be Chrono Trigger and uh, Xenoblade, which I have a long story about Xenoblade and why that's one of my favorites. And yeah, that, that's how I'm gonna wrap that up. All right. And one last question, really quickly. Yeah. Have either of you played Blazing Dragons? No, never. So heard of I've it. almost bought it on like so many occasions. I keep seeing, I'm like, oh, I gotta buy this because I remember you told me about it. You're like, oh, I love Blazing Dragons. Nobody's ever bought it or played it or seen it ever. Uh, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> it's good. Play it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to play it. The voice acting is really good in it because I've watched clips. It's very Monty Python X, which is pretty cool. Yeah, honestly. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thank you both for being on our first episode of our podcast. Thank you for having slash me. Slash video podcast. We'll be back for Please more. Please do. It was so much fun. You can wait sure. too.
Hey guys, thank you for listening. And make sure to give us a follow, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. Give us a like, and you can catch us on twitch.tv slash real underscore people underscore gaming, on Twitter at real PPL gaming, on YouTube at real.people.gaming, and on Instagram at real.people.gaming. Yes, guys, Instagram, not Instagram, Instagram.